coming up on The Medicine Podcast. If you tune into your intuition, higher self, soul, whatever you want to call it, the information that you get might not be slash probably won't be very convenient. Right. You know, your soul doesn't give a shit about logistics or what's convenient for you. It's answering for, you know, the highest good of who you are and what you want to create, what you want to experience. And so it might not be easy. It was not easy for us energetically. It was easy because I knew that I wanted to be with you when we got back together. But logistically, I had to pack my whole life into my Jeep, drive down and walk into my ex-husband's condo and take external feedback from people, like judgment, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't convenient for me at all or you, but I knew that that's what my soul was telling me. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I have my beautiful blue-eyed, blue-tanked partner in life and podcasting and love and every other life that I've had. Really, you're my partner. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Let's go. We're back. We're back under the red hat. Welcome to the Medicine Podcast. This is Chase. We are under the red hat. We're jumping into uh, some questions today. It's it's a it's a conversation around questions, mm-hmm. and we've had this idea. If you've heard of this this recent uh, technological um, breakthrough that is Chat GPT, I'm sure you have. Uh, we have been talking about what it would be like to interact with this thing um, in kind of the relationship domain, and yeah. so. What we have done is we have asked ChatGPT this incredibly impressive and uh, I don't know about wise, I'm not going to use the term wise, but informative uh, Mm -hmm. tool um, for learning and understanding some questions around relationships, specifically today, what it thinks the top five most important pieces of relationship advice are and how to implement them. Yeah. And so we've got his, his, I, I, his. I made it a male, I guess. Uh, I guess that's me projecting. We've got its uh, responses and they're interesting. So I'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. If you have, if you've heard of chat GPT, there's a lot of buzz around it. People are, you know, asking it all sorts of different questions. It's basically, you know, a vault of information that has been accumulated by artificial intelligence, scrubbing the internet (laughs) of basically any information it can get its hands on around the question that you're asking it. So it's doing, it's compiling this information in a way that almost sounds like you're talking to a human Mm -hmm. rather than if you go to Google and type in, Hey, what are the top 10 or top five relationship, you know, pieces of advice? You'd have to go and search for right. the links, the the articles, blah, blah, blah. There'd be a thousand ads that you'd have to yeah. exit out of. You don't have to accept all cookies. Yeah. And, you know, whatever you want to say about ChatGPT, I don't even know how I feel about AI in general. You know, I know it's a technological advancement, but I think that there are, you know, dangers that sure. can arise depending on how this goes in, in in our future. So this is not like an ad for ChatGPT. This is not an endorsement. We, we are not authorities. No, we just thought it would be a fun podcasting yeah. thought experiment, curiosity experiment. Like what does AI have to say about relationships and how can we amend or add to that to yeah. amplify the advice so that it supports a healthy relationship, but, but also like a juicy, passionate, fun, flirty relationship, yeah. because, 
yeah, there's a lot of advice out there that that kind of builds this uh, friendship in relationship, but also like we want the we want the juice too. Yeah, this will be very very 2023 in 10 years from now and we're looking back through podcasts we've done we'll be like oh my god remember when we did the chat gpt we'll probably have like a chat gpt robot in our house at that point and it'll be like hey remember when you interacted with me back when i you know before i had a body yeah yeah yeah. um so the first half of the episode today is is that it's you know looking into what the feedback was from uh chat gpt and then the second half is we're going to take a few minutes to address some questions that we've we've gotten from listeners and these are questions that are are not new to us necessarily but we felt we didn't want to go too much longer Mm -hmm. without addressing them because these types of questions come up often yeah yeah we received four different questions from people and they're they're good questions and they're things that most all of us are going to have to face in our relationships at some point so yeah all right well before we get into everything i've got to know (laughs) what you got going on in that big old glass yeah in my it's not a mug i guess it's a mason jar um it is it sort of looks like pee in the uh in the video (laughs) the golden loop it is not the golden loop that i am partaking of it is uh paleo valley's new essential electrolytes and this is the orange flavor so they came out with an electrolyte mix um and it is freaking delicious. Really it good. tastes like a creamsicle, like an orange yeah. creamsicle. And it's it's yeah, I'm I'm loving it so far. Um we we do have a discount code with Paleo Valley. This is we've only just bought these, you know, like a couple weeks ago, so right. we've been using them for a couple weeks, using them before and and or after exercise to replenish uh, minerals and electrolytes and everything. Um, and then you've also been using them before bed, right? Yeah, I, I have some in the morning after, after actually a little bit before exercise, a little bit after exercise, and then I'll have it before bed as well. A lot of times um, if you have late night or early morning wake ups after having been asleep, it can be due to some level of mineral deficiency. And although I don't know if that's the case, I do know it is supportive of deep sleep. Mm -hmm. And um, what do we got here? Potassium, magnesium, sodium. Yeah, Yeah. it is uh, magnesium, calcium, sodium, potassium, coconut water, a little turmeric in here. Um, Yeah, a bunch of good stuff. And it really does taste delicious. Um, There's a lot of really, really high sugar electrolyte um, combinations and Mm -hmm. powders and things out there that I'm not a fan of because it's just a blood sugar spike. Uh, in this case, I think the sweetener is stevia, mm-hmm. and so it tastes delicious, but it doesn't taste like over the top yeah. sweet. And it's got that saltiness that you would expect with a nice electrolyte formula. And um, so I'm absolutely loving it. Gives you a nice pump in the gym too when you're working out. It makes your mm-hmm. your veins just pop a little bit, and so I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to try Paleo Valley's electrolytes, essential electrolytes. Um, you can go to their website, paleovalley.com, and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a discount. Mm. What do you got going on in your cup over in there, my, my love? mushy mug. I've got mushy love, baby. Nice. We talk about it often. It's our baby. I traveled yesterday at a work trip, a uh, business trip, and uh, I was gone for most of the day, you know, airports, people, meeting lots of people, and so subsequent to a travel day for me is like yo this is a mushroom day i'm jamming mushrooms in my body yeah exactly and so i started off with uh immune intel ahcc um to most potently 
impact mm-hmm. my immune system and regulate my immune response to anything that could have potentially been of harm yesterday. You're on a plane. On a plane, sharing sharing air with strangers. And then mushy love. It's got a gram of medicinal mushrooms, 500 milligrams of tremella, which is so great for you know hydration and, and gut support, but also has an immune supporting mm-hmm. benefit as well. Uh, and then we've got 500 milligrams of chaga. So we've got a gram of mushrooms in this thing. And chaga is similarly really, really supportive of immune function, uh, but also digestion, skin health, um, hair health, hair health. And health. when we've combined this one gram of mushrooms with some of the other ingredients in Mushy Love that includes cinnamon, uh, coconut milk powder, uh, elm bark, it has this really delicious uh, cinnamon roll type taste to it. And so I have one of these at least every afternoon. There's no caffeine in it. So it makes it feel like I'm having something uh, like a, like a treat without all of the sugar and Mm -hmm. other bullshit. I actually had it last night. I was craving something sweet after dinner. um, And instead of grabbing like dark chocolate, which is fine, but I decided I was going to make a cold, cold foam mushy love. And so I set my electric frother to the cold foam setting poured in, you know, eight ounces of milk, raw milk, and then about a scoop and a half of mushy love. And it froths it up while also keeping it cold. Mm. It is. And when it's cold, it actually, instead of a cinnamon roll, it tastes like liquid graham crackers. I don't know what this like black magic is that (laughs) we were able to put in there because that wasn't necessarily our intention. No, The intention was for for it to be a creamy, frothy, like warm or hot drink. Mm -hmm. And it's so damn good cold. It is so good. I actually enjoy it more cold than I do warm, which I also enjoy it warm too. But um, if you're looking for a little nightcap, that's not going to (laughs) like... throw you for a loop or you like dive into like, you know, an unhealthy dessert or whatever. It, it definitely quenches the little, I need a little sweetness after dinner. Definitely. If you guys want to check out Mushy Love or Immune Intel AHCC, which is the most potent immune product that I've ever heard of and ever tried in my life, um, you can go to themedicine.com and we actually have both products now on themedicine.com. You can get Mushy Love at getmushylove.com as well. And if you use the code medicine, you will get a discount. I think Mm -hmm. it's 10% 10 off. Yeah. Um, so check those out. Uh, you can go to Squaresp- our Squarespace site now, which is at themedicine.com, and you can find both there uh, if you want less keystrokes. But mm-hmm. um, that's what's going on in my cup. All right, cool. You want to jump into the meat? Yeah. So what the, the specific question that I posed to chat GPT, I got to say it slow. So I say it fast. <laughs> I just like jumble my words. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said, yo, chat. <laughs> You're on a first name basis. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we text. <laughs> What are the top five pieces of relationship advice and how should one implement them? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be going through five of these. We're going, I'm going to like literally be reading chat's reply and then you and I are going to give our commentary. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you're expecting us to give you our top five, I don't know if I have a top five because it's such an organic process. It cycles And I think relationship to relationship, it's different. I think year to year or season to season, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. And so I don't love the world of like top five, top 10, here are the five things. Yeah. And so that's kind of the disclaimer on all of this is I don't really have a top five. If you and I, and maybe somebody else sat down and had dinner, we could probably have a fun discussion around what they are currently. But for the sake of this conversation, which I hope is evergreen, because it'll be a podcast, 
Um, I don't really want to get locked into a top five. Rather, I would like to hear from chat, take what sounds roughly aligned with how we look at relationship health mm -hmm. and either add, edit, or just validate the fact that uh, what it has to say is worthwhile. Yeah. Yep. Totally. So and, that's and, what we're doing. And my little amendment comment would be, yes, the, the, the relationship advice that chat gave us is, you know, most, all of them are valuable pieces of information for any relationship or any, you know, friendship even. Right. And so, but the way that I act with you is different than the way that I act with my best girlfriend, even though all of the same elements need to be there, respect and all of these things. And so how can we amend this, these pieces of advice from chat <laughs> to support a really juicy relationship? Yeah. Like I said, like an actual romantic partnership, not just a friendship. Right. So totally. how does that differentiate? Yeah. All right. All right. Number one. Go for it. Piece number one piece of relationship advice and how to implement it is communication. Communication is key. Effective communication is the foundation of a healthy relationship. This means being open, honest, and vulnerable with your partner about your thoughts, feelings, and needs. How to implement? Schedule reg regular check-ins with your partner to discuss how your relationship is going. Be sure to actively listen to your partner and communicate your own thoughts and feelings in a clear and respectful manner. So this is the first answer that chat gave us. Which is actually quite wild. Like, I don't really have much to say on this one. It's a bit vague, you know? Mm -hmm. And and each one of these replies you'll hear is a bit vague. It's kind of like when someone's like, how to lose weight? And the response are like, two ways that'll make you lose weight immediately. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God, what could it be? The secret. Yeah. And you click on it and it's like, move your body more and yeah. stop eating so much. <laughs> like those are the two answers. Like it's relatively yeah. vague and yeah. clear, but spot on. And mm -hmm. actually what, what stood out to me is the advocacy for checking in with your significant other, which is something we talk about all the time. We use that exact term. And so I kind of had this expectation that his, it's replying. He's probably going to eat. Oh, Jesus. I mean, the, the, the advice that chat gives is sort it of is masculine. masculine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess like I was surprised by the implementation piece, focusing on the check-in. Yeah almost wondered if it like sourced a podcast that we had <laughs> around the check-in, uh, which I hope is the case because that's pretty rad, but it's still a little bit vague. Yeah. So I think the missing element here is the additional structure that we like to provide to what we call the check-in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those additional structures look something like a success criteria that would need to be established for, you know, the, the result of what the communication would look like. Um, some, a general format for questions where you are uh, acknowledging what the other person is saying. So like the way that we approach a check-in is that prior to even having the check-in, we've articulated kind of the terms and conditions of what that mm -hmm. sacred space needs to look like. One of which is the just the cadence of questions. There, it's a set of questions that we take turns asking of one another. There's also a commitment to responding to each question with what you are saying is, and you you steel man the, the point of view coming from the other individual just to ensure that there's alignment and understanding. Mm -hmm. And then after one of the individuals has spoken uh, their piece, the other individual says something similar to, uh, 
is there more or or are we ready to move on mm -hmm. just so that there's closure yeah and so this is less of a criticism on chat gpt's emphasis on communication being key and more of a yeah but there's a little bit more to this piece of advice that's pretty important in order to set yourself up for successful communication yes um i think another key element is as you have these check-ins to leave hostility at the door and if you don't establish that you run the risk of okay we so we scheduled check-ins but that's it all we've done is say every two weeks we have a conversation and you might have a charged moment that you bury and you hold on to and if you're not able to communicate and commit to the check-in being the sacred space of no hostility you might step into that meeting time frame that check-in mm -hmm. time frame and just like word vomit yeah uh, emotional baggage yeah and i think if if you're curious about the exact structure obviously we don't have time uh, there's a lot more content to get through today. Uh, but if you want to know the exact structure of the check-in that we talk about, it's episode 113. Right. And we go through, we, we give an, uh, a, a whole run-through of the check-in and we do an example all the way through. And so I would definitely check out episode 113 and I can also link it in the show notes if you want to listen to that right after the rest of this episode. But yeah, I think spot on. Um communication yes check-ins yes i think the key thing that you're saying is ahead of time like when the sun is shining when you're just out at coffee or you're having you know good conversation like hey let's set up the structure for when we check in what is it going to look like so you have like an idea of what that container will be like yeah so and you're not okay just getting be, into i'm not saying blind. leave your emotions at the door bring right. your emotions in leave hostility yeah. at the door. Yes. Yeah. Blame, shame, judgment. Right. Yeah. Pointing the finger, that kind of thing. Yeah. And for me, I, again, totally agree with chat. <laughs> I would add when it comes to communication, understanding the dynamic between the alpha and omega energies that exist within all of us. And then within the relationship, we talk about the masculine and feminine all the time on this show. We talk about it you know, every relationship podcast, I feel like we're talking about understanding these energies of the masculine and feminine or alpha and omega as we call them uh, many times. So understanding that will help you understand your own experience better so that you can then articulate and communicate to your partner in a way that they can digest and fully receive. And then you can both kind of come to an understanding on like, Okay, what what is the action that we need to engage in to move the relationship forward right. based on this information that I'm bringing to you? If you don't if you're not understanding your experience or what you're feeling, you're not going to be able to communicate that to your partner. Um, and I think just having an understanding of the alpha and omega energies, um, we have a lot of episodes on it that will do nothing but good things for your communication. And I do want to do I, I want to plug a resource here. Um, it's a book and it's called playing with fire. I'm sure we'll reference it. It just came out a couple weeks ago, so I'm sure we'll reference it, um, a bunch, you know, moving forward. We actually just interviewed the authors. It's a, a partners. I don't, I don't think that they're married, but Justin and London, and that episode will be coming out in a few weeks. Um, and in this book, they it's, you know, playing with fire is all about like 
sexual intimacy and and spirituality, how to bring them together, how to basically uh, use your intimacy as like a spiritual practice. And they talk a lot about communication in, in this book. And one thing I love from them is this concept of like a triangle where the three parts of the triangle are, I see, I see my partner's experience. I am present and aware to what they're experiencing and what they're telling me. I feel, meaning like I am, I, I feel, um, my own experience. I'm able to speak to my own experience. I'm in touch with my own feelings and emotions. And then I allow. So like this is a piece of, you know, they call it equanimity where whatever your partner is bringing up, (laughs) allowing that to be the reality. You don't have to change or convince or do anything to make them feel a different way. Um, You're just allowing their experience to exist and to be valid. And so to have this, you know, threesome of I see, I feel, I allow. I think this is really supportive of effective communication that then supports a juicy relationship as you move more into the polarity of the alpha and omega. If, If you don't have that lower triangle of I see, I feel, I allow, it when you get into those polarized moments of alpha and omega, it it might not land. It might not work it might feel um it might even feel toxic you know so i think that this uh that book if you if that sounds interesting to you guys definitely check out that book and obviously we will have much more on that in a few weeks when uh that episode with them comes out but overall yeah totally agree with chat on this one number two chat gpt's second piece of advice for relationships and how to implement Establish trust. Trust is vital for a strong and lasting relationship. This means keeping your promises, being reliable, being transparent with your partner. How to implement? Be honest and transparent with your partner about your actions and intentions. If you make a mistake, own up to it and take steps to rebuild trust. Uh, Again, this is like, it's nice. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Sounds good. Totally agree. It's like politicians where you're like, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds (laughs) good. Sounds fine. But I mean, I want to uh, pick this apart a little bit on this one. Trust is absolutely vital. Mm-hmm. However, I think trust is more of a byproduct of other key aspects than it is something that you can just choose to one day build. Mm-hmm. Um, your house, for instance, isn't a home right after you buy it. It becomes a home after you pour love into it, after you create memory inside of it consistently mm-hmm. um you take care of it there's this there's this building of momentum mm-hmm. as it pertains to what it takes to be considered home and i think trust is the same way trust is felt it's less uh of an output formulaically than it is an intuitive knowing that trust exists mm-hmm. hey friend How many of us at some point in our journey have thought we had to give up coffee in order to be healthier? I definitely have. But I learned that it wasn't the coffee that was making me feel crappy. It was the 92% of coffee beans that are covered in pesticides, glyphosate, and microscopic mold. I'm glad that didn't last long before I found my holy grail of healthy coffee, King Coffee. 
This is a combination of organic, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee and reishi mushroom spores, which supports every system in my body. Circulatory, endocrine, cardiovascular, immune, nervous system, and more. It's even anti-parasitic. Switching to King Coffee has honestly been one of the best decisions I've ever made for my overall health. To learn more about King and level up your coffee experience, go to themedicinemedicin.com forward slash coffee, themedicine.com forward slash coffee. All right. Enjoy. Cheers and love. I also think, and if you go back to what I was reading as, as its implementation, terms like honest, transparent, open are really nice. They're really nice terms. But they are some of the slipperiest pieces of relationship advice because mm-hmm. they can be hijacked and used as justification and rationalization of shitty behavior and more specifically shitty communication just because it is quote unquote transparent or yeah. authentic. honest, authentic, where it's like, yo, girl, I just got to be transparent with you right now. I just got to <laughs> be myself right now. I'm not attracted to you. <laughs> but I really think you're nice. You know, it's like that kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's like saying like, with all due respect. Yeah. And then you, you know, you say something that's like horribly offensive. It's like, you don't just get to say whatever you want just because you said with all due respect. Or it's, it's just not my truth. (laughs) Yeah. It's your truth, but it's not my truth. And that kind of stuff drives me. Monogamy is not my truth. (laughs) Yeah, it's not my truth. And whatever, that's fine. I like trust i really do i think it's like critically important but it's kind of cheap just to say like hey you guys need to start trusting (laughs) yeah start trusting each other yeah building trust again vague yeah so i prefer trust in the sense that there's a trust that each individual in the relationship is committed to showing up as the best versions of themselves and providing feedback as to when they or their partner is not showing up as that and taking some level of radical responsibility to continue that process of evaluating whether or not my behavior is Mm -hmm. in alignment with the highest dream of the relationship. Yeah, totally. You know, something we talked about with Jason Picard originally was that when you engage into committed partnership or relationship, it doesn't even have to be marriage. It can just be a serious relationship dating relationship there is a highest potential there what can be called the highest dream of that entity that you've created that we call the relationship and if you can articulate and meditate upon to really get to a point where iterating what it means to be in the the best version of your relationship which includes the best version of yourself in a lot of ways you can then hold yourself accountable and check in with whether or not you're on that trajectory. And that's what I mean here with trust. Trust is then the inevitable feeling after some momentum is created, some consistency is created in that high dream that each one of you can feel a trust between the other when you are on track or even when you are not, that there is a level of communication or re-enrollment back with what that trajectory looks like. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Couldn't agree more. I think 
for me, if trust is a diamond, we're turning the diamond and looking at a different facet or a different like perspective of trust. And so what I wanted to speak to was, yes, trust is completely, it's critical for a relationship to flourish. Um, But I think some people think of trust as just being, you know, just being faithful to your partner. Like, can I trust my partner to not cheat on me? But there's another aspect to trust, which is how we treat each other in the day-to-day interactions and engagement of the relationship, which is all the time, you know, and these big concepts of can I trust my partner to be faithful? That's not happening every day all the time. Like you actually build trust in the small actions. And so, yes, Chase trusts me that if I get a sketchy DM from some random dude on Instagram that I'm not going to engage or encourage or act on that. Yes. But also, I build trust with Chase by showing myself to be a safe place for him to share his experience with me, whatever that looks like. Um, Another example, how we build trust with each other is by not highlighting each other's weaknesses in front of friends for a laugh. Um, by not degrading each other so we can feel more powerful in the relationship. Um, It's not just about staying faithful to your partner. It's about establishing yourself as a safe place for your partner to be fully themselves. And that happens in the minutia of a relationship. Um, So I think that that's a really you know, important aspect of building trust is the day-to-day interactions and and how am I cultivating and showing, proving, establishing myself as a, a safe haven for you. Yeah, it starts in the little things too. You know, it's it's like anything else. You build up enough of the smaller opportunities to develop trust that when those larger moments come, you're you're actually quite well uh First, you're you're in shape to handle something that might be more of a challenge should you not develop trust on the smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Number three, Chat GPT's number three in rank <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the most important relationship advice, and it says, "Be respectful. Mm. Respect is a fundamental aspect of any healthy relationship." This means treating your partner with kindness, empathy, and understanding. How to implement? Make sure to actively listen to your partner's thoughts and feelings, even if you don't agree with them. Avoid belittling and dismissive behavior and treat your partner with kindness and respect. Again, nice. Yeah. Great. Very vague. And the term, I'm I'm nitpicking this again, but the term respect is a little less sacred than what I would like, the the verbiage I would like to use in kind of this realm of romantic partnership. And it's fine. I totally agree it's important. But respect sounds more like something a parent asks of their child Mm -hmm. than one beloved to another. Or an elementary teacher asks of a student to respect the flag or something. So instead of respect, although I do think it's kind of a critical attribute of this um, relationship advice conversation... I, I like the word honor. Um, respect sounds more like a rule, uh, more like a constraint. Even in the language of how to implement, it's like using words like avoid, um, avoid belittling or dismissive behavior. And that seems a little bit confining to me. Honor sounds more like a choice versus mm-hmm. a rule. 
it's a bit more expressive. It's not as as limiting to actions or choices made, but rather more of a of an aligning of the choices you are going to make and inevitably going to make. Um, so it's picking nits a little bit, but I like the idea of honoring what we talked about in the highest dream or the highest potential of the relationship Mm -hmm. more so than respecting it. Like it's the flag Mm -hmm. to respect the flag is to salute or put your hand over your heart. Right. If you're talking about kind of this American, American respect, but what does their flag represent? It represents freedom. You know, I'd rather honor freedom through my lifestyle choices than check the box of freedom by, you know, putting my hand over my heart at a basketball game before the game starts. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so that's what I'm talking about here. Um, I better respect the rules of the relationship versus I'm choosing through my actions to honor Mm -hmm. what I know to be sacred in this relationship. Yeah. And I've said this before, but you know, a, a woman whose husband is abusive you know, he can demand respect from her and she can like go through the motions of like, yes, okay, I respect you. I respect you. That's different than admiration. Right. She respects him, but she doesn't admire him, you know? And so I think um, respect is a very like blanket statement. And then we can actually be more specific and precise with our words to reflect a truly healthy and fulfilling relationship, which is what you brought up honor. And I think that that's a great term. I think I agree with all of that. I would add um, that the respect or the honoring of your partner is not just for their partner's sake and just for the sake of like being nice for being nice. It's actually for the sake of the third entity that exists. You are one entity I am the second entity and the conscious love that we create is the third entity. Yeah. So when it's honestly like, it sounds sort of woo or esoteric, but just go with me that if we're in a moment where we're disconnected or we're not seeing eye to eye and we all have ego and pride or judgment come up for us in that moment, you don't really feel very respectful of your partner. You might not, they might've said something that hurt your feelings But if I am honoring and respectful of the third entity that is our conscious love that we create, I'm going to maybe carry myself differently through our conversation than if I was just, you know, uh, respecting you only or just doing it for your sake. So this is where I think respect actually transforms into reverence. Mm. I have reverence. I, (laughs) I worship our our bond, our relationship, our love that we create together. Our sexual bond. (laughs) Also that (laughs) I worship it. I revere it. I don't just, you know, respect it. So it gives this flavor of like reverence for the thing rather than like a salute to the flag flavor of respect. Salute to the uh, mushroom of life logo. That is the medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah. I totally aligned. Very, very well put. Um, Thank you. Number four. Number four. Spend quality time together. Spending quality time together is essential for maintaining a strong emotional connection. How to implement? Set aside time each week to spend quality time with your partner. This can be anything from a date night to a relaxing evening at home together. Um, you know, we talk a lot about how we carve out time in our life to ensure that we spend quality time together. We have what we call Thursday date, where 99% of Thursdays, we're taking time out of our work day to 
actually go date each other. We go to coffee, we walk the beach. Um, we do fun adventure, you know, moments where even last week on a weekday, we went out to a movie and mm-hmm. um, try to keep novelty uh, in, in the equation a lot. So I totally agree with this. Quality time is huge, but it's specifically huge for our relationship because that is my primary love language is quality time. Um, and I know it's one that's really high up there mm-hmm. for you. And so when it comes to just all relationship advice, generically, I mean, yes and no. Quality time may be critical for you if that's your love language. Maybe you've got a long distance relationship and quality time is actually just this vital nutrient mm-hmm. that you need to lean into. Um, maybe you have one of those relationships where you have hyper independence two separate careers you've become essentially business partners of the home and and the best thing you could do is just spend more quality time together but i don't necessarily think that this is just a one size fits all if you're in codependency you might need to actually spend some time apart you need or at least some time nurturing your own independence Mm -hmm. and so this one to me is a little less law uh kind of and more of a case by case and a, a, ni- a nice to have if that's, you know, up there for your right. primary love languages. Yeah, for sure. Agree completely with all of that. And I would also invite people, the receiver of this advice, to focus on the quality portion of quality time. I think people confuse quality time with quantity of time. Right. Yeah. Where it, it may not be like you need to spend hours and hours and hours together. It may be that you need to spend, you know, uh, the time that you do spend together is high quality time. So if you're spending time together and you're distracted, you're not present, um, you're on your phones or you're gossiping about other people, that's not necessarily quality time. That could be a large quantity of time. Personally, I would rather have, if someone gave me the option between five minutes of cuddling you in bed and laughing until my stomach hurts, just five minutes of that versus a two hour, you know, fancy dinner date, but we're not connected and we're on our phone scrolling and we're gossiping about other people. We don't feel intimate at all. Like I'm going to take the five minutes. So I think it's important for us, no matter what the duration is to focus on the quality, be present with your partner, put your fucking phone down. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty of this too. Like I, we, you know, I run a part of our business from my phone. Like I realize that it's integrated into a lot of our lives, but I think establishing boundaries as it pertains to dates and you know this quality time like leave your phone at home go go on a walk with your partner and leave your phone um just these are small actions but they have profound benefits and ripple effect in the relationship so that would be my thing is quality over quantity of time yeah it's really good it can literally just be like starting to control your use of technology Mm -hmm. and immediately you have this nutrient of quality of time Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Last one. Fifth piece of relationship advice from chat GPT. They say to be patient. Building a strong and healthy relationship takes time, effort, and patience. How to implement? Be patient with your partner and the process of building a strong relationship. Focus on the positive aspects of your relationship and work together to navigate any challenges that arise. Very, very dancing around any sort of like real hard advice here. Yeah, this is true. Patience, I think especially in 
relationships that have history where they're in the middle of an attempted change or evolution or progression of the relationship. Like maybe they're in relationship counseling. Maybe they're both working through um, personal development or relationship development type work. Have some patience for the process. This is like exercise, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Fall in love with the journey. Before seeing the results, you might need to just feel it out a little bit. Give it some time. The mirror isn't going to reflect the work that you're putting in immediately. However, if we're talking about early relationships, say you kind of just start dating or in the first year of marriage or something. Man, I kind of think that if it's the right relationship, you should not be thinking about, well, I better stay patient here for this to be better. I feel like that should, this should be spark, man. This should be that early lovebird honeymoon phase, uh, that kind of initial phase of relationship when you're with somebody who's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like it shouldn't feel like work. You shouldn't feel like you need to be patient. You should be like, man, I kind of think this should probably slow down Mm -hmm. because we're just freaking grooving. And to clarify what you're saying for the listener, because what you're saying is if you are just getting started or dating with someone and you're evaluating, am I forcing it or do I need to just be patient until we have more connection? That's what you're referring to. You're not necessarily speaking to the couple who's established and been together for a long time. You're talking about like in the early stages of like getting together. Initially, I, I was talking about the couple who's been together and they're trying to make changes in a relationship that maybe is getting stale or that they're just feeling like they need to evolve. That's where I think patience is is really key. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't suggest someone be patient if, you know, they've gone on two dates with somebody and they're like, yeah, they kind of seem like a dick, but I better be patient. Yeah. <laughs> see yeah. if they come around. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, and I think, I think women a lot of times like talk themselves like, oh, I can kind of maybe see a better side of him. Yeah. Eventually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was what I was, what I was speaking to. I think what, what is a great sign is when you feel like you can fully be yourself. You have that feeling like you've known this person forever and patience seems like the last thing that yeah. is happening or should yeah. be happening in your relationship. Cause you're like, damn, this is a great thing. I don't want to fuck this up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would say simply don't force a relationship just for the sake of patience being important in relationship dynamics, but rather if you are, in committed relationship you have been for some time you want to be with this person long term but you know that you're interested in taking uh, steps of evolution taking steps of progression and it can be anything it can be hey we've decided we want to live a healthier lifestyle and i'm the one leading the charge on this i need to be patient for this person to kind of get on board with eating right moving my body right i'm not going to bust their balls day one if they're not on board with this I'm going to be a little patient here. And the same thing with like, hey, we're implementing a check-in. We've been together for five years. We've never really done check-ins, but we're starting it now. And it's a little clunky. It's a little sticky. Feels a little weird. Some walls are built up. Yo, be patient, man. It's just you got to go through the reps a little bit. The second time will be weird too. Third time, maybe a little better. Um, And then I would say, though, if you're like fucking 25 times into the check-in and it's still feeling bad, that should be a sign. That's and, good feedback. And, and, and I wouldn't, in that case, patience has probably run its course and it's time to evaluate moving on. Uh, yeah. Or, or get a professional, like yeah. get help yeah. from a professional, sure. um, like Figs O'Sullivan, couples yeah, therapist. Yeah, no doubt. 
Um, okay, so yeah, what I would add here, um, of course, patience is necessary for every relationship and honestly, just being a human. Like, right. we all need to cultivate patience in our life for, you know, in different areas. Um, so that's just a human feature. But yeah, so this is this is vague. Um, I think to offer more specific advice around patience for those who are already you know, with their person, they're like, I'm committed to this person. Maybe we're married or, you know, we've committed ourselves to each other in some way. I think to offer patience to our partner, we first need to learn how to offer patience to ourselves because how we treat ourselves is probably pretty close to how we choose to treat other people, right? Because that's what we're experiencing. That's, you know, we're looking through our our eyes, our doors, windows of perception. And that's how we're, you know, those same patterns and thoughts and ways of being how you are with yourself is also going to, you know, be pretty close to probably how you are with your partner. And so evolving as a person, deconstructing patterns that no longer serve you individually and in relationship, that those things take time. And so it also takes intention and practice. Like when you want to cultivate a new skill, it doesn't just like happen overnight or with a flip of a switch. You've got to really embody and and practice and um, have curiosity and compassion for yourself as you're moving through the new thing, whatever it is. And so I don't. I think it's exactly the same in in relationship. Patience is not just you know simply letting things slide. Like okay, I'm going to be patient. He's really treating me horribly, but I'm going to be patient. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, it's recognizing the humanity of your partner yeah. and having patience kind of backed by curiosity and compassion for what they're experiencing. And you do that with yourself first. So in, in everything in relationship, all of these things come back to what is your relationship with yourself and how are you treating yourself? How are you talking to yourself? If it's pretty ugly, you know, communication, I would highly doubt that your communication with your partner is like spot on. Right. And so I think that we need to start with ourselves and yeah, I'm speaking directly to myself. It's easy to get frustrated at yeah. lack of progress or like, I know this thing, why don't I have it perfect yet? Right. If you have that, that, um, you know, attitude towards yourself, you're probably going to have the same attitude, uh, towards your partner. So I think discernment, um, needs to be used by the individual in each, you know, different case. Every every mm, situation is different and it takes discernment to know like uh, you know, if you just need to develop more patience for yourself and your partner or if it's kind of becoming blurry between patience for your partner and enabling their horrible behavior. Yeah, yeah. So. For sure. For sure. Uh that is all five. So yeah. in a recap Communication is key, number one. Number two, establish trust. Number three, be respectful. Number four, spend quality time together. And number five, be patient. You know, my, my big takeaway from this, and, and it's pretty consistent with the other interactions that I've had with this chat GPT tool, is that this is like a quicker, more efficient, maybe even more consolidated way to pull on very masculine rational practical thinking and resources mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing at all but our world is sort of abundant with that this is like uh not unlike going to a textbook table to answer the questions of life's emotional experiences 
Hey friend, are you like me looking for ways to age gracefully and beautifully, but also naturally? If so, then we must be aware of the nutrients that we are gifting our body and cells to resist premature aging. One of my favorite ways to do that is with Tremella mushroom. Tremella has been used for centuries for its unmatched cellular hydration, aka healthy glowing skin, by holding 500 times its weight in water. I get my daily Tremella with Mushy Love Latte. This is Chase and I's delicious mushroom elixir that we formulated from scratch to support healthy, hydrated skin cells, shiny, strong hair, gut health, and robust immunity. My favorite way to enjoy Mushy Love is blended with cold milk. It seriously tastes like liquid graham crackers. You can also enjoy it steamed or blended into your vanilla protein shake or as a cinnamon swirly coffee creamer. To grab yours, go to getmushylove.com and use the code medicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount. Cheers to aging gracefully and naturally. And when you phrase these questions, like if you went and said like, hey, what's the formula for the circumference of the trampoline, exercise trampoline we have over here, <laughs> you know, that's going to be a better use of this tool than it would be to try to engage in things of the heart. And um, I think it's fun. This is a fun exercise to be then expanded upon and integrated into the emotional experience of the human being mm -hmm. and the creative intuitive nudges that you get as you process this information through your body because it is completely missing feeling. And so when it comes to the use of this tool, I, I think it'd be fun to continue this exercise through mm -hmm. a couple different uh, domains as well. Maybe it's health, maybe it's fitness and nutrition and, and uh, yeah, we should do this again with like health. Yeah. Health. If, you, if you guys like this, this, by the way, yeah, you know, let, give us it, know. let us know and we'll, we'll continue the, the ideation as it pertains to what other things we can do or give us some ideas. Cause um, this was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but that would be my one general like comment is that this is cold. It's like, even though it's talking about love, it's like ice cold. It's like, yeah. it, it's kind of like it's just the, vanilla, totally vanilla and, and vague. Um, but fun yeah, nonetheless. Very fun. All right. So before we jump into some of the questions from listeners, I, I do want to mention a few housekeeping items. If you're loving this show, if you listen to the show and you're loving it, it would mean just a ton if you uh, subscribed to the podcast. You can do that on Apple or Spotify and then subscribe to the YouTube channel. We launched YouTube like uh, a couple months ago now at this point and really looking to grow that channel. Uh, we have shorts as well. Uh, so, so give us a subscribe, uh, comment on the videos if you love them. Uh, but that just means a ton to us. Yeah, it does. And as always, if you rate and review the podcast, which you can do on Apple or Spotify, uh, we like to do giveaways for anybody that leaves a review. So if you leave a review, you know, you can send it to us. Um, I think it's the medicine podcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll send a nice goodie your way. But it means a ton if you guys just give us feedback, um, subscribe or follow, share the episodes on social media. Um, very, very helpful to us. Yeah. Just before you push submit, take a screenshot and send it to the medicine podcast at Gmail and uh, with your shipping address and we will send you some goodies. All right. So what we're going to do here, I have a DM, a long DM from uh, a follower and listener of the podcast, and she is seeking our help uh, with her relationship right now. And I was going back and forth with her and it's a complex topic. And so I asked her permission, you know, can, can I 
speak about this on the podcast with Chase and we can get into more of the the depths of the complexity around it um, because it is hard to <laughs> answer these types of questions with, you know, typing in a, in right. a DM format. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read her question aloud. I'm keeping this anonymous, of course, and then we'll go into dialogue on on what we think. She says, hi, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and really enjoy and appreciate listening to you and Chase. I'm struggling in my relationship and have been for a while. There's nothing inherently wrong or toxic. It's just been an accumulation of so many little things over two years. We've grown up and changed a lot together and apart. There's good qualities about him and our relationship that I'm having such a hard time letting go of. We had a really deep vulnerable talk about me leaving the relationship and there was a lot of realizations he made and he handled it with such love and grace. It makes me hold on to the tiny bit of hope that we can mend our relationship and come back stronger, but I feel like we have to separate first. I'm confused and hurt and look up to you and Chase so much when it comes to this realm. Are there any books or resources you'd recommend for finding clarity on when to quit or try harder? So again, I engaged and I sent her a few messages. I'm not going to read mine because we'll go into that. Um, But then she did offer more context, more information. So I just want to get that out here. Um, She's... So I I asked her permission to share this on the podcast and she said, okay, yeah, for the podcast, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on when you can't tell the difference between your mind and your heart. You can't, when you can't clearly identify what your intuition is saying. I feel like in my heart, I know to leave, but my head won't let go of all of, of all of his positive qualities and the potential. It doesn't want to accept that it's over. Not to mention that there's a lot of ties and messiness in splitting up and I have nowhere to go. My business is based out of our kitchen, animals, etc. Like, I want it to work because it's easier to stay and because he's a great person, would be a great dad and partner, but I just don't feel in love with him. I don't know why and it sucks. I wish I could change it, but I don't want to force it. It's such a horrible place to be in. I don't know what to do. So yeah. that was, that's a lot. But I, I think, you know, the, the basis of her question, how do you know when to stay and try and grow together, evolve together, or when you've sort of outgrown the relationship? Um, so I, I'm happy to let you start if you want. Yeah. One, thank you for this individual who put forth just a deep, yeah. deep and real yeah. fucking question. Yeah. Um, God damn it. This is hard. It is. And it's actually in many ways when it comes to the, the decision of whether or not you end this relationship harder when this person is generally good and nice and there's yeah. not issues. And it's you care about them. easier when someone gets cheated on or gets hurt because it's so clear. Mm-hmm. And the, and it's almost a just a really easy rationalization, um, and you're able to separate a little bit from the humanity of it because this person's kind of like totally yeah. totally broken boundaries. Um, well, one, they asked about resources. This makes me think of the nice guy syndrome, coined by Dr. Robert Glover. And even though it's a book loosely for men, it would be interesting for this this woman to read the book and see if it resonates. Um, and come up with a, either, either just use that information to know that, that he needs work, uh, individually, like needs to work on himself or it may just not apply at all, but it makes me, it makes me seem that this is what 
Dr. Robert Glover will call the nice guy syndrome. And his book is no more Mr. Nice guy. And it essentially takes you through um, the patterns of what he deems as nice men, men who are seemingly doing everything great and, and okay. They're pretty agreeable. Um, they're generally caretakers. They're nurturing. They don't necessarily piss people off. Um, but there's an aspect of them that isn't as bold and penetrating and action oriented and decision making and firm and stable as you would want them to be, you know, nice guys in a lot of cases are yes men in the sense that they say yes and nod and they people please all the time, but lack an ability to stand up for themselves, maybe even deeper lack an ability to know what they want. What is mm -hmm. their dream? What is their purpose? What are their, what is their source of vitality and energy that they puncture the fucking like threshold of the world with because they're so lit up by something that they do. And that is innately masculine and has for the majority of, of history been embodied by men. And, um, I think what sometimes in the, the feminist movement of the last, you know, 75 years or so with all of its benefits and um, really amazing accomplishments, there has been this subset of men who have lost the ability to navigate masculinity and embody it in a really healthy way. One, because you've got tons of examples of toxic masculinity. And then two, um, there are many just absent men at large, and thus they are sort of raised by feminist women. And um, I'm by no means a history expert in this in this case, but this is just sort of what the the book outlines as the cause or the reason for these nice guys. So, first question was resources. If that sounds resonating at all, check that book out. It's a really easy audiobook read as well. And that might spark some resonance and or um, interest to share or insights to navigate mm -hmm. with. Um, so I'll, I'll stop there and then we can maybe move on yeah. to the second half of this, which is just how you can listen essentially to your heart versus your head. Yeah. And, and I started, you know, when I responded to her, I started with this and I want to say it again for all the listeners to hear in this situation there is no right or wrong. Whatever you decide for your life, make that the right decision. Make that what is supposed to happen, right? So don't beat yourself up about, I have to find out what's the right decision. I don't want to make a mistake, this or that. Like Whatever you go with, go all in yeah. on it and decide that it's the right answer. So I just want to start there. But um, I would say um, for the second part of the question, you know, she said, how do you know, you know, between your head and your heart? I think she's having a really hard time because there's a lot of logistics involved. They live together. They have animals together. Her business is out of their kitchen. Like there's real life things to consider. And so that can cloud any message that comes in from the intuition that's more gut related, like <laughs> not gut health, but like I'm having a gut feeling. Or like, I'm, you know, when I get still and I just listen to my heart, this is what feels right for me. She literally says that. And I feel like in my heart, I know that it's time to move on or at least separate and figure out what I want. But my head gets in the way. So 
and this is where I don't think that any book is going to actually be able to give you the answer because I think that you, only you have access to these answers inside of you. Only you are going to be able to understand what your intuition is telling you. I can't tell you what your intuition is saying. I can, I can tell that it's telling you something. Um, so I would, you know, start with a question for yourself. If nothing changes in our relationship, in our dynamic at all, if nothing changes in six months, how will I feel? If nothing changes in a year, how will I feel? If nothing changes and say they get married in five years, how will you feel? And one of the sort of like red flags that's coming up for me in her language, her message to me is that she says, I don't feel like I'm in love with him. It sounds like she, on paper, they, they're they probably a good match. They do well together. Um, if she was writing out his good qualities, maybe her mom would be able to look at that and be like, yes, that's the exact kind of partner that I want for my daughter. He's considerate. He's kind. He's this, he's that, of course. But there are intangibles. There are um, immaterial things that you can't always name. You can't always write down how you you feel with a, with a person, right? You can't force yourself to be in love with someone. And so I think that I'm not going to tell her what to do. Like, yes, you should break up and do this or, you know, no, stick with it. Because again, that that is up to you. That is a, it's a big decision and it needs to come from inside you. But I think that this is a, a good question to reflect on. Um, and it comes down to also like, what do you want to create with your relationship? I, you know, looked at this girl's page. She is beautiful and feminine and, you know, very clearly like, embodying her femininity and she looks like she um has a lot of depth just from what i see from her page and and how she carries herself and so it could be that she is feeling like her partner currently doesn't necessarily have the tools or or um have the innate ability to 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 match her in depth and so she she also shared in our exchange like sexual connection and intimacy and all of that is a little like lackluster. And so that's kind of where I'm getting um, the feeling that like if you're feeling like you need to convince yourself to love this person because he would be a good dad, yes, you can do that and he probably would be a great dad. But I personally, I want to be fucking on fire for my person like when I, when I think of them, my whole body, you, when I think of you, my whole body swells with admiration and <laughs> getting graphic here. <laughs> my, my insides just like swell with admiration and love. There's no question in my mind. I'm so in love with you. That's what I want to experience in a relationship. Yeah. Some people that might not be that important. They might want more of a uh, a, a friend or a companion. Yeah. So, and, and you're saying all that, but that wasn't the case at one point. Like we obviously divorced and split up. And yeah. so like the point is like, it's okay to have these moments. Totally. Um, who knows where things will go. But I think if you're feeling something that strongly and, and even using the verbiage of 
I don't know if I love this person. That's a pretty good indication. Um, moving into how to tell the difference between your head and your heart. I've thought about this so much and both in relationships, but also in, you know, my occupation when I've worked for different companies, you know, I worked for a big um, firm and I was making great money and on, on paper it was everything, you know, but it just wasn't lighting me up at all. And um, one of the things that I've, that I've, and I ultimately left, abandoned all rationale, uh, huge pay cut, startup environment, tons of risk and uh, totally paid off, changed my life. And I learned, I have learned in the last few years, especially working with Paul Check, how to listen to your intuition and develop this familiarity with what that sounds like. And so I'll just share with my experience as to when a thought or an idea comes into my mind and how it feels in my body and, and whether or not I know that that feeling is coming from a place of intuition or a place of maybe like overthinking or which a lot of times sounds like fear or a susceptibility to stay in the comfort zone um, or even worse, shame and guilt. And so when I think of a thought, um, let's say it's whether or not I should leave this job um, and go elsewhere. Usually I feel an energetic uh, rising in my body. It might even feel nervous, but it is an energetic rise. And to me, that is a yes in my body. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, if it's risky enough, that's accompanied by a little nerves. It kind of feels like you're going up the top of a roller coaster, that first hill on the roller coaster. Um, but usually, when I've m- decided to lean into that and make that decision, on the other side of it is absolute breakthrough. Mm-hmm. When it feels like when I when I pose that question, should I leave my job? And then I think about staying, for instance, or or uh, oh, but but I might lose all my money. I, my, my head starts to put these little slivers of fear inside of myself. And usually I feel the energy um, sinking. So it's a sinking feeling. A lot of times you end up feeling it like in your gut, mm-hmm. like that gut instinct, which is heavy. It's more dense. And so it's kind of a sinking energy in my body. And so I would encourage this individual to not just with the big question of should I stay or should I go, but even kind of like mindfully walking through what it would look like to have some of these difficult conversations. And if you're getting this sinking feeling, um, maybe that's the sort of situation you don't want to find yourself in, but, but framing it in a way, uh, just trying on different situations and different conversations and just evaluating the response that your body is giving you. And you can, you can also kind of like get comfortable with your, these, these sort of like energetic responses that your body's giving you by using situations that are nothing to do with the one at hand. So um, think back on a memory that's made you happy, but it gave you a little bit of nerves to, to um, go partake and just kind of meditate on that moment and get familiar with what your body felt like. That's a good indication of something that was uh, overriding that little feeling of nerves and finding a breakthrough on the other side. Um, so like when I left Deloitte and I went to Organifi, I remember what that feels like in my body. And when that starts to show up for me in life at large, I'm usually like, oh, I should do this. Mm-hmm. I felt it when we got an opportunity to go to Burning Man. It kind of like gave me a little bit of nerves. This is Scared way outside of my bit, comfort zone. Yeah. Um, but it felt like what it felt like to quit 
the firm and moved to Organifi. And I was like, damn it, that was a great decision by me. Mm-hmm. And same with us getting back together. And then you get really familiar with that feedback mechanism yeah. of your intuition. Yeah, I like that. Almost using it as a reference point for your current situation. So to this individual, um, think back on when you did follow your intuition, um, regardless of what your head was saying, because you know we've all had those instances, whether they're small or big, um, regardless of what your head is saying. Because if you tune into your intuition, higher self, soul, whatever you want to call it, the information that you get might not be slash probably won't be very convenient. Right. You know, um, it could like your soul doesn't give a shit about logistics or what's convenient for you. It's answering for, you know, the highest good of who you are and what you want to create, what you want to experience. And so, and she knows this, like I can tell just in her language, she knows that she's like playing a little back and forth with her, with herself. Um, but it might not be easy. It was not easy for us energetically. It was easy because I knew that I wanted to be with you when we got back together. But logistically, I had to pack my whole life into my Jeep, drive down and, you know, walk into my ex-husband's condo and take, you know, external feedback from people like judgment, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't convenient for me at all or you. But I knew that that's what my soul was telling me. So I I hope that that helps in some way. Um, I think the major takeaways, check out the, the book that Chase mentioned, Nice Guy Syndrome. No what more is, Mr. Nice Guy. No more Mr. Robert nice Glover. Guy. See if that helps. Um, and the last you know resource that I want to give too is this book, again, Playing With Fire, is a, would be a really great resource because – what your intuition might be telling you also, and I don't know, you have to tune in and, and see for yourself. It could be that your intuition is nudging you to really communicate in a clear way to your partner what you want to experience in relationship. Mm-hmm. He might not even know what you want to experience. If you want to experience more passion and more sexual intimacy, or you want to go to a Tantra class together or whatever, he might not even know. And so this book um, playing with fire would be a really great resource. If that's the next step for you guys, if that's what you're deciding that your intuition is telling you. Yeah. I actually, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper into our relationship and, and both of us cultivate these skills of the alpha and omega so that we can have fire so that we can play with fire together. For sure. Um, So that's another resource. But again, I think the question I'm going to end on this, if nothing changes in six months, how will I feel? If nothing changes in two years, yep. how will I feel? Really get still and put yourself in that reality because if you're just responding only to the stuff in your head, the logistics, the the messy stuff that's annoying, you're just kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be something that your future self will have to deal with as well. But there might be a kid involved. You might have marriage. You might have bought a house together. And now it's five years down the road and you're still having the same message from your intuition. Yep. So that's something to think about. For sure. Hope that helps. Great question. Great question. 
Hey friends, did you know that the amount of muscle you have on your body is directly related to overall health and longevity as you age? Generally, people who have a healthy amount of muscle have lower rates of chronic illness like cardiovascular disease and diabetes and are better equipped to deal with acute illness like the flu. This is why Chase and I support the concept of muscle-centric medicine. To build healthy muscle, we need quality sources of protein. In addition to our quality meat, Chase and I also use protein powder to ensure we are getting enough protein each day. Our two favorite protein powders are the plant-based Organifi protein, which is organic, non-GMO, and glyphosate residue-free, and the animal-based whey protein by Keon, which is non-GMO and comes directly from grass-fed, pasture-raised cows with no antibiotics and virtually lactose-free. We love and use both daily in smoothies, stirred into yogurt, protein pancakes, and even baked goods. Getting adequate amounts of protein helps us feel satiated, build healthy muscle, recover faster, and maintain optimal body composition year-round. To try Organifi's plant-based protein, go to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT, M-I-M-I-F-I-T, for a hefty 20% off. And for Keon Whey Protein, go to GetKeon.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for 10% off. Or just check the show notes below for the direct link. Cheers to muscle-centric medicine. And so I wanted to bring up the other questions, and these ones are not as in-depth, so they'll go a little quicker. This person, again, keeping it anonymous, they say, one partner working on self-improvement and the other refuses to do self-work, how to approach. Yeah, we've gotten this question question a ton. Um, And I think it's just really important to keep readdressing because it's very, very relevant. Um, And... I think the the usual response that we have to this is patience. <laughs> Embody the things that you are learning before you preach it to your significant other, especially if this is the feminine speaking to the masculine. Um, the masculine innately tends to uh, numb and narrow their, their vision and aren't as interested in what's outside of that tunnel vision because maybe they're really focused on a particular goal that has nothing to do with personal or self-development. Okay. I'm just using an example. That could be the story that they're telling themselves. Right. Um, but prior to even articulating, if you can show signs of this work being of benefit to you in the way that you show up in the relationship, a good partner who is paying attention will say, Whoa, what have you been doing? Like that book you've been reading, you're changing the way that you show up in the way that we communicate. Like you're just using different language. Whoa, Mm -hmm. like what's going on? That's the door of opportunity to then share what you're working on and ask for them to partake that you would, that you would love Mm -hmm. it if they, they partook. If you're embodying and you're truly showing up and they're not noticing, I do think it's appropriate after some time to, in the form of a check-in or in the form of some other sacred conversational space to bring up the fact that it is very, very important to you deeply and felt that individually and then together in the relationship that there are steps towards evolving and growing together. Mm -hmm. 
and that is not to be a you, 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 you conversation as much as it is a, this is my experience. This is what I'm feeling. This is a core value for me. And if we are going to be in a relationship like this, it is nothing but uh, of utmost importance that we are able to partake in this together, at least to some degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100% agree with everything you just said. I think before your first point, there's something that they can also do um, that may be beneficial to kind of create a wedge for curiosity about what they're learning and how they're growing. So for example, um, if they started a new coaching program, whatever, I'm just making this up. If dude girl started in a new uh, life coaching program and she's really working on herself, she wants to improve, she wants to you know raise her level of consciousness and dude guy is like not interested whatsoever. He doesn't really, he's focused on other things or she can explain to him in the beginning of why she's doing this and what's um, lighting her up about it. And then request, like, I would love to be able to just like share with you what I'm learning. It would really cement for me. Like I'm really working on these aspects of myself and I think it would be beneficial for me if I was able to kind of let you in and share with you. That's all I need. I would love just your support in me doing this thing. When you come at it, that way, then they kind of have, um, they have the ability to kind of like be on alert for it and to look for the ways that you're changing. If you don't have that conversation and you've just really dived into self-development, spiritual evolution, whatever it is, and a year's gone by and your partner hasn't changed hardly at all, well, you don't know what their lessons and their life experience is meant to be like. Their lessons could be completely different than yours and on a completely different timeline than yours. So I don't think that that's fair to necessarily say like they're not doing the work at the same time that I'm doing it. So that means that it's not good. I think that you can wedge a little bit by being like just asking for their support in just talking about it. Yeah. So that would be the only thing that I would add there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay, next question here. Husband is more of a sedentary introvert. I'm an active extrovert. Help. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really good. Um, and I like this because I've thought about this kind of a lot as I'm an introvert. There is a difference between being antisocial and introverted. Because being social and having human connection, I think, is a human nutrient for most individuals to have mm-hmm. some sort of social yes. outlet and interaction is actually really, really important for one to be healthy. So regardless of whether you're introverted or not, the core value, a core value of many relationships could and arguably should be health. And underneath that would be social, the social health attribute of being able to interact with other human beings. So the diff- that, that, that is different than being just introverted. Antisocial is different than being introverted. Introverted is where do you find rest? Where do you find yourself re-energizing, recharging? And that is typically done when you're introverted with yourself or with, or with tribe or with a small group of people. Like I feel I'm an introvert. And when I have two or three weeks in a row of highly extroverted activities where we are around a ton of people 
and I'm talking in public places a lot or interacting or listening in public places a lot, maybe with strangers, maybe with some friends, I absolutely feel a draw to home or to an environment with like family or very close friends. I don't have to be alone, but I need to be resting. And usually what that means is it's with a it's with tribe and or family and or just myself. And or just me. Or just, that's what I mean. You're like, just you. Uh, an extrovert oftentimes feels like when they need to recharge their batteries, when they need energy and vitality, they're like, oh, I just need to like go to soul cycle and like <laughs> hang out with my, yeah. my girls. Yeah. Or man, I just need a night with the boys uh, playing pool and slamming a couple beers and throwing darts mm-hmm. and just, just hanging out with the guys and shooting the shit. And that's what you feel recharged from. That's how you feel recharged. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's, it's a social endeavor, but it, more importantly, it's like, wh- where do you find your source of energy when it comes to the introverted versus extroverted? So to that, I would say that set some time to have a conversation around what social activities can kind of meet the needs of, of both, because there may be social settings that provide the social health nutrient that are more introverted in nature, but still have people associated mm-hmm. with them. So you can kind of scratch the itch of the introvert because they're comfortable and it's a restful environment. Maybe it's at home or at somebody else's home. Mm-hmm. And you can also scratch the itch of the extrovert who kind of likes the energy of people in a particular environment. Um, and so maybe you can kind of get a little best of both worlds. I think there's also an opportunity for compromise, which is, you know, I've articulated to you and, and you know, you're, you're not like highly extroverted either. So it works out pretty well for us, but it'll be like, Hey, I don't know if I can do like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, social activities. I need one day, one night on a weekend to recharge my batteries. Even if it means we have no idea what we're watching on Netflix and we spend, you know, 55 minutes looking for a decent show to watch and, you know, hitting the bag that's still restful to me. Yeah. Um, and so I've communicated that and then it, it, it allows for more opportunity to be like, Hey, well, last night we did, you know, Netflix mm-hmm. and chill. Let's go hit up, uh, so-and-so's house or party or barbecue or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I think just being able to communicate where and when you put yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone is really important. Yeah. And I think with this, especially, um, there's nothing wrong with either of them, right. but it can be just as frustrating as if your partner is doing something wrong. The fact that he is an introvert and, and using her words sedentary. Um, yeah, that there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just a difference, but it can almost feel like your partner's doing something wrong because it's so different than your experience and what you want to be a part of. So I think that they're, you know, speaking to um, compromise, you know, what is your partner into? Like have a conversation around what interests your partner? What are they into? What are their hobbies? Maybe he's super into cars and you can blend the two worlds. So like maybe there's a car show in town and you invite another couple. That way you're getting the extroverted experience and he's, you know, excited to go because he wants to see, you know, the cars at the car show. Like this is just a kind of a silly example, but there is a way where I think that you can blend the two, like what are his hobbies, his interests? Like, what does he, what does he like to do? What does he love to do? 
maybe, I don't know. And this is where it's like, we're lacking a lot of information. So we're doing a lot of like putting the pieces together and guessing and speculation. But I would guess that he has some interests. What are those? How can you be creative and make them social, but still keep him interested because it's a hobby of his. Right. So, you know, obviously, if we were talking to this person, we would ask them a bunch of questions and get more information. But I think that that's a way that you can, you know, blend the two. And then also piggybacking on you, um, on what you said, if you, you know, hey, there's this event that I want to go to, like, maybe you give him a lot of uh, notice on something. Yeah. I, I, that's, I know, huge for both of us. Oh, if we have, huge. Yeah. If we have, and, and it's just respectful too, because you don't know where you're, you don't always know where your partner is at and what they're desiring to do. Like if they've been looking forward to the weekend to just chill. And then on Friday morning, you say, oh, by the way, we're going out to dinner tonight. I just signed us up for, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh man, I was really looking forward to a night at home. Yeah. I need to rest from my work week. Yep. I think that giving as much um, notice as possible. Like, Hey, in a month, you know, so-and-so is planning this. Of course you can't always do that, you know, with spontaneous events, but as much as you can try to give him notice, I would love to go to this event. I think it would be really fun for us. What it, what it would provide for me is X, Y, Z. I would love you to be there with me and let them respond with, you know, how interested they are in that and don't make it a demand, but give them enough time to like, really like, yeah, I could I could do that with you. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and if it's important to you, that sounds great. And then ask ask them, what would you need from me to make this a yes from yeah. you? And maybe his answer is, well, I need the next two weekends after that to be nothing. Right. And so you have to like, you know, go back and forth a little bit. Yep. Bounce the ball back and forth you and do. um, you know, look for compromise where you can. No doubt. Yeah. Love that. Good questions. Okay, we have one, oh, more. Yeah, one more. We okay. got one more. This right. is a this is a fun one though. Oh, fun. Tips for just the tips. Just the tips. Tips for fun activities and getting to know each other when it's fresh and new. Oh, fun. Yeah. I have Let me go back to f- being 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, cuz that's when we got together. I would say you uh right off the bat, do active things. So Pick, go hiking together, go rock climbing together, do something where you're using your bodies yeah. and there's a way to interact and be physical. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that adds a lot of like fun to a date rather than just like going out to lunch and staring at each other from across the table. Like, yeah, you can have a blast with someone like that, but if you're doing that every time it can feel kind of like mm, it can start yeah. to get old. So I would say, ask the person and know for yourself, like what are your top five activities that you would want to do? Maybe it's stand up paddle boarding. Maybe it's jet skiing. Maybe it's depending on where you live skiing together. That's really fun. Yeah. Um, what are your interests? Like, what do you like doing in a physical nature? I think that that adds a lot of fun, especially well throughout the entire relationship, but especially in, in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I've got so many thoughts and this is a fun question because I haven't really thought about this. Um, What's really fun is to identify a few things. What is she into that he isn't or is not has never been exposed to mm-hmm. that he can do for the first time? That'll be a shared experience, shared memory. 
and then vice versa. What's he into something that he's good at or has done? Let's say he plays pickleball and she's never played before. She, he gets to teach her and mm-hmm. it starts to be fun. And then what do you both actually share that you get to kind of partake in together, but you don't have to like teach one another. You're both quite, quite groomed into being good at this. Mm-hmm. So maybe you both enjoy hiking and you, and you decide to go hiking and you share your favorite hikes together. I love the being active. I think that's mm-hmm. really important. Um, I also think that creating a ritual around something. So having some level of consistency for you and me, it's our favorite coffee shop. We literally know people there by name. They know us by name. They know our order. We walk the beach. It's ritual. It's consistency. And it's become very sacred and special for us. We do it three times a week. So finding a place that's not just the home environment where you can create sort of a, a ritualistic, but in a, in a, you know, sacred way, something that of consistency that you can come back to. So I really like, I really like that for us. It's morning coffee at parakeet cafe and uh, a beautiful long walk on the mm-hmm. Sandy white beach. I have another idea. Okay. Yeah. This is really fun. And we, we did this when we were getting back together in part two, have a shared note in your phone together. So start a note in your notebook app or whatever, share it with your person. And as you're going throughout life, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that would be so fun to do with Jeff. Yeah. I'm going to write it down. He's going to see it. And you, you know, you get a notice basically like Chase has added to the note and you go in there and look and you're like, cool. He wants to uh, take me to go swimming with dolphins (laughs) or whatever, like, or he wants to, whatever it is, you get to see that and you get to build it together. And I think that that, that was really fun Mm -hmm. for us when we were getting back together, just like a place to store your ideas. And then when you're thinking about like, Hey, what do, okay. You want to go out on Saturday night? Like, let's look at our list. Yeah. What do we, you know wanting to do together yeah and uh see if if something see if that helps but it was it was really fun yeah music is super binding as well so it works when you're 15 it works when you're 35 create playlists Mm -hmm. for the other person this song made me think about you you enjoy Mm -hmm. the song together we still talk about songs we listened to when we were 16 years old still and it, it elicits so much love yeah um i would also say that going and seeing art in some way, shape Mm. or form is really connecting. Maybe that's live music and maybe it's as simple as, you know, what we like to do, which is on a Friday night, we hit the hotel Del beach bar at four o'clock because our favorite guy is playing reggae at Mm -hmm. 4 PM and it's just perfect. And you, you fall back into the emotional experience of abundance and love when you kind of create that space within the domain of art. And so I Mm -hmm. I, I would really encourage that. Then last one for me, uh, something we did in part two is just build a habit of asking really deep questions because depth is fun. Mm-hmm. Sorry, people who don't want to go deep, but it is fun. Sorry, and if sorry. you need a, if you need a structure for that, there's this really cool, um, what, what's it called? The 35 questions. Oh, 36 questions. 36 questions. Yeah. It's deep AF. It is. You got to be careful with this. It, it's a list of questions. It was a basically a, a an experiment that they did in the 90s. Uh, there was a psychologist who wanted to see if he could facilitate intimacy between complete strangers. So he developed a list of 36 questions. And you can look them up online. Just look up like 36 questions. And you can ask these to your partner. And what they proved in this experiment is that these specific questions in this specific order does 
facilitate intimacy. Great. It's super fun, but I will see say be careful who you do this with if you're very very early on in your relationship and maybe the individual is is not actually if they're not actually an emotionally deep person or intellectually deep person and they use these questions, it can make you feel as if they are more aligned with you than than they actually are. So just be careful who you do this with. But if you are all in on this person, you love this person, you're, you're really yeah. excited about them. Um, if you, pr- if a, you pressure test it enough, yeah. you'll see right through anybody bullshit. Totally, yeah. Um, but it is a really, really, f- I mean, in the, the experiment, two of the people got married six months later. <laughs> it's it. wild. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, when all else fails, just have a lot of sex. <laughs> <laughs> True that. True that. Um, okay. Yeah, that's all the questions from us. Awesome. Um, before we go, though, I want to know, mm. my love, what is your medicine today? Oh, my medicine, uh, just so awesome. I have been a long time and one of the earliest adopters of Qualia Mind from Neurohacker. Mm-hmm. Um, had some friends who worked at Neurohacker. I think still works at Neurohacker. And so all the way back to when I was working at the firm, and needed any memory support, susceptibility to forgetfulness after lack of sleep and some of these other things that in a very, very high paced, high intense job, I, f- I found and heard about Neurohacker, which was kind of one of the cutting edge nootropics back then and still is to this day. Mm-hmm. I've been using Neurohacker off and on for probably six or seven years at this point. And they've really, really got this formula dialed in. What's fun now is that they're literally sponsoring the show. Mm-hmm. And when they reached out, it was a no-brainer because I've been using them for a long time. Know the people who work there. I've also recommended this product to too many people to count and have had an overwhelming like text messages being like, bro, <laughs> yeah. I just had a pitch. I just pitched this, you know, friends in sales and I nailed it. Just so like pulling on my yeah. uh, database of memory so easily. So yesterday I mentioned that I, I had a business trip and for me, you know, these are few and far between now at this point, despite the fact that that's literally how I built my year was, or my, my career was on an airplane. Um, but I had to go buy a freaking blazer and had to wear slacks. And, um, it was a very intense day, long hours and hours of conversation that was, uh, quite charged, but I took quality of mind yesterday and I was so effing dialed in and but but calm i wasn't like agitated or or irritable or buzzed it was a very calming energy um i mean it's it's got i think like 28 of the most research-backed nootropic ingredients combined into one supplement and there's a caffeine version because there is a little bit of caffeine in it and there's a non-caffeine version so i actually mix it's seven capsules i take three of the caffeinated and four of the non-caffeinated so i just so i'm not overly stimulated um, but man, recall, memory, very dialed in. My articulation was uh, as good as it ever is. Uh, and then there's all these benefits for long-term mental health, mm-hmm. brain health. And so I'm really, really excited to actually be partnering with these guys because this is a product I've advocated for just because I love the product for a long, long yeah. time. Uh, so that's my medicine. I yeah. haven't taken it today, but I took it yesterday. You can take it about five days on, two days off. 
Mm-hmm. And it's actually, you get kind of a momentum. So if you take it three or four days in a row, it's actually more yeah. uh, eff- efficacious. It's cumulative. Um, it's cumulative. Yeah. And um, so it's been really, really fun to get back on the quality of mind train the last month or so. If you guys want to check out Neurohacker, the code is the medicine. So T-H-E-M-E-D-I-C-I-N. And that will give you a hefty discount. They're doing, <laughs> this deal is crazy. They're taking $100 right. off your first order. Yeah. So your first bottle is $39 yeah, and it's a huge bottle. Huge. And so I am on quality of mind right now. I took it before, you know, about an hour before mm. we started podcasting. I took three of the caffeinated, three of the non-caffeinated. And yeah, it makes such a difference. It's not just for podcasting. It's just for life. Right. It's energy, focus, and, and attention. So, and, and recall, like you you have less time like searching for words, basically. Um, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. A total fan. And I, I try to take it before every single podcast now yeah. uh, and interview that we do. Um wildly helpful so yeah check out the medicine discount code um for a hefty discount check the show notes for the direct link what about you what is your medicine today um besides our intimate connection which is my answer a lot of times um i will say right before we started recording i heard a voice memo from my friend christina who is a huge fan of immune intel ahcc she's a naturopathic doctor and she recommends it to a ton of her patients and it's like changed a lot of their lives anyways she's a fan of it for herself and she's got her family on it now and her dad she just said that um there was like an HVAC guy, like a mm. heating and air conditioning guy, like working at their their house. And the guy was telling her dad about like, oh, yeah, and I, got, I got some sinus issues and I got some, you know, gunk and stuff going on. I'm trying to figure out. And the dad, he is so lit up by Immune Intel HCC. Oh, he was telling the guy, he was like, hey, Christina, can you write down the website? And can <laughs> you, you know, write down your discount code for him? And he, he was singing its praises because... For him, AHCC completely cleared up his sinus issues. Wow. And it's like been night and day for him. They had uh, COVID and their experience was like a walk in the park. Damn. Um, And so it was just like really cute to hear like dad. Thanks, dad. Yeah. uh, Spreading the good news of of AHCC. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that was my medicine. Love that. All right, you guys. Thanks for hanging with us today. Share this episode if you liked it. Review. Uh, comment on YouTube. We love to see it. It absolutely lights us up and we will talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey friend. Thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.